As I was thinking of what gift I could give you in this season, this came up to be the perfect gift. Stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to Thrive 1110, the show where you get Bible-friendly, practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you thrive, remember God who gives you this ability and be an agent of transformation in your family, your community, and your city. My name is Bol Kere, your host, and uh, today's episode is going to be quite different from the other episodes. You'll understand why in a few moments. Um, as I was thinking of what I could give you in this season, um, this came out. And it was the right answer. I was listening to the other day to uh, Let's Talk Money. It's uh, the podcast um, that you could listen actually to. Uh, uh, you, could, you could actually listen to this podcast on CHRI every Friday at 9 a.m. And it's done uh, by my good friends Dave and Reb. And um, so I was hearing Ray Borg, who is a general of God, if you allow me this expression, interview Reb on the occasion of her brand new book called Cultivating Trust, Finding God's Hope and Freedom for Your Finances. It was such a spirit-led interview that I was really prompted to re-air it for you here at Thrive 1110. Yes, so that's my gift to you. The interview was that good. The interview was really that good. And at the end of today's episode, I'd like to say right now that the first three who reached out to me through the website thrive1110.ca, that's thrive1110.ca, will receive a copy of this brand new book called Cultivating Trust, Finding God's Hope and Freedom for Your Finances. Actually, Dave and Reb were my very first guests on this show, Thrive 1110. They are a power couple, and by that I mean that... Um, their walk in Christ really reflects God's power. And they are such an authentic couple uh, for whom I have much respect. So in the coming moments, you'll hear Ray interview Reb on her new book. Again, it's um, Cultivating Trust, Finding Hope and Freedom for Your Finances. And I pray that you may be inspired by what you will hear. So Father, I pray that all listening right now will hear what you need them to hear and receive um, the grace that you want them to receive so that they can rely on you for their business, for their finances, and not lean on their own abilities and understanding. I pray that each person listening would receive that grace to trust you and walk full of hope and freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. So now let's listen to this interview. So Reb, okay. could, could you just tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book? Where did the idea come from? <laughs> um, well, it's, so my background's writing. Like I went to school years ago, journalism, and I worked at a community newspaper. And what I do it more than enough in the last few years, I've written blogs. I, we do this podcast you know, there, I, writing's in, inside of me. It's something I do. I've always done it for myself personally. So um, Dave, actually, and Bron Vasich, who's one of our entrepreneur coaches, he, they've been on, I always say they've been on my case for a few years to get a book written. And 
I can't honestly say about a year ago, I um, heard that my friend out West, Pam Dick, had got a book published through Yaris Publishing. And they're a Christian publishing house in Alberta. And I started to look into it. I thought, oh, if she could do it, maybe it's the time. Like, I mm. just, I don't, I, I can't honestly say if I sat down and I heard God's voice say, do this now. But as I started to research that part, I thought, Oh, because the publishing part for me was an obstacle. Like, I can, sure, I can put words on paper, but who's going to put it together? Because I did not want to do Amazon publishing. Lots of people do, and that's great. But I just didn't have, I, in the schedule of my life, I don't have capacity to figure out the creative parts, like the the cover, the back, the marketing, or the banners to sell it, or to create my own website. Uh, that's just not in my wheelhouse for in this season, so... Yeah, it it I sat down to write um some work some of the work we do with our clients like Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Some folks mm-hmm. have heard about that before. But when I sat down with the Lord one weekend, it was last November, um I started to sense this urgency even about about not worrying, about trusting God in our finances that God's people are are mired in worry and um so I started to read Matthew 6 and what he says, and I s- just sank myself into a few verses, not the whole chapter, mm-hmm. probably about verses 19 to 35, where he talks about not serving mammon, where he talks about, um, look at the birds of the air. They don't toil. They don't, they don't reap. And yet God takes care of them. So how does that affect us in a pandemic? How does that affect us in a pandemic in our finances? So it just kind of started to unfold like that, and I just followed. I I followed a voice, his voice, and 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 the wisdom of what we've been learning the last ten years at More Than Enough. So yeah. well, that's really great. That's good. So the title says "Cultivating Trust: Finding God's Hope and Freedom for Your Finances," and I know having read the manuscript, you really touch into the heart of the Father. How do you connect the two between the heart of the father and finances? Well, I would, you know, we talk about uh, uh, on the podcast, you know, this is a podcast about the heart issues around money, right? We know that that money isn't just a, like money is a tool. It's a, it's a vehicle to buy a house, to get fed, to drive a car. And um, so much of... Um, of what we talk about here and at more than enough, but what God's been showing us is that it's so attached to our motivations, our perceptions, where we come from financially. So I want to say that before I get to the heart of the Father, because as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as we read the scripture in Matthew 6, we uncover that Jesus himself tied provision worries and what we live for financially, I think, in Matthew 6, to God's heart and to his ability to provide. He's the one who ties it together. And so I think as I wrote it, I I was discovering, I was just, I may be putting different language to what Jesus had already said, you know, pulling out some lessons, putting my story alongside what Jesus was teaching me about Matthew 6, about how do I trust 
God as Father, that He cares for us and He loves us and He He has provision. And and yeah, I I just it's amazing because that He ties it together to the two. Mm-hmm. And I think who are we not to tie it together? And I don't think in the church we I have fully understood. I'll, I'll talk about me that like years ago that my financial stewardship was directly tied to my relationship with the Lord. And I think that is some of what I've tried to do to to bring that to light in the book. That's amazing. So what kind of glimmers do you give us in the book about the heart of the Father? Oh, my goodness. I uh, I know there's uh, many because having read the manuscript, but... I know, Ray, Ray, Ray was kind and he read the whole thing, um, you know, just to make sure I wasn't offline. I had a few people who did that, but, um, you know, saying anything terrible uh, or misquoting Jesus. Um, oh, my goodness. I, because I weave some things in there, I think one of the things that comes out really clearly, even in the stories, because I went back and I said, I I reflected on that. What am I saying about God's heart? And I think it's that he cares and that he's with us and that he never leaves us and that he has invited us through Christ um, to bring our money story to him, to bring our finances to him. And it's an invitation he extends. And, and, and I've, I've put it in there. I don't know how I, if I've worded it well, but that it's a mutual invitation. So he's inviting us to come to him, but it's also our invitation to him to come. Like it's this, okay, I'm coming to you, but Father, I, I really do want you involved in my finances. And it comes out in in stories of our more than enough journey, how we actually got to more than enough. But one I'm thinking of in particular is related really to my sister-in-law. I lost my brother 19 years ago in a car accident. And um, it left Monica, my sister-in-law, as a widow. And she learned a really valuable lesson that's, that has stuck with me for 20 years now. And that is um, you take one day at a time and the Lord has provision every day for what you need and that we don't have to look too far into the future because sometimes we can't handle the thoughts of the future and that's what causes us worry and fear and anxiety but if we do today what we need to it actually lays the path of preparation for what's coming so she learned that when when my brother died she that was march 5th and uh uh, how many years ago? It was 19 years ago because I was very pregnant with our third daughter, Hope. And um, uh, she was coming into, as a farmer, she was coming into the season of pruning, harvest, all of that. And she had never run the farm on her own before. She didn't even know so where some of the paperwork was. And she'd get up in the morning and the Lord would direct her to, to the one thing. It was just one thing he asked her to do. And she'd do it. And she learned through that process. She actually, I, I quote her in the book because it, it's such a profound understanding of God's care and provision for each day and how that has built her trust over the years. And um, I think that applies to all of us in our financial journey. If we could just do the one thing, God, what do I do today? And he says to you, you know, you, your visa bill's a little high. I want you just to make some extra payments on it today. I want you just just trust me, even just $25 extra. Go to your bank account and put it on. If we listen to him, he's going to guide us, and he's smart, and he's wise, and we may not understand it, but he he has it. He has he has it in his hand, and that I think 
I think that would give lots of people encouragement to read her story. Yeah. You know, one of the things I noticed about your book is that you have done a great job of taking some key principles and and then woven them around stories, stories that you have walked through your own journeys, like you just shared about your brother and yeah. what you learned through Monica. And so the readers, I know I was impacted by those they'll also be impacted by them. And I think that's one of the things that draws you further into the book. You were just talking about the Lord invites us and we invite him into the journey. And so it's an opportunity to go into a whole uh, deeper level. Mm -hmm. But there's one chapter that really fascinated me, and you called it, I think, something to do with lament. I thought, how curious (laughs) is that? What has lament got to do with finances? So I'm wondering, could could you just share with us a little bit about yeah, how that came about. Well, um, oh my goodness, I, 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 um, I don't would do and don't even know where to start. I will say this about lament. So I talk in the book about complaining and lament. I differentiate between the mm-hmm. two because God says clearly to us that we shouldn't be complainers. We should be lights in the world, not complaining or grumbling. Um, but then there's this other piece found in scripture of, of lament. And lament to me, when I hear that word lament, I hear this heart wrenching cry. Uh, but it's not just suspended in space. We actually cry out to the Lord. And that's the difference, really simpl- simplifying the definition. When we lament, we bring our pain and sorrow and suffering and grief to the Lord. And in our work at More Than Enough, we have seen pain and suffering around money. We've seen shame and embarrassment and the things that people carry. And it's locked up inside. And sometimes it turns into complaint against a spouse or your employer or a parent or your children for mooching. And it just becomes this complaint that roils around. And it doesn't find a landing spot. It actually looks for commiseration, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you share it and you're coming to a financial coach and you just want them to commiserate with you. Well, we're going to be compassionate, but we're not going to yield to that complaint. But what we'll encourage you to do, I hope as a team, is that we'll encourage you to bring the sorrow of that pain to the Lord. And what's at the heart of it? Why are you complaining? Why has the finances been so tough on you? And to say to the Lord, this hurts. I feel like I'm stuck over and over and over again. But what we find in in the book um, of the Psalms with David, this lament, this cry that comes out of him leads in the end often to praise. Yet I will praise you. You know, he says, I quote, I think it's Psalm 13. I know um, Brian Dirksen has written a song about it, but how long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long, O Lord, will you look the other way? Like, and, and some of us are scared to say that to the Lord, right? But I don't think he was coming to God disrespectfully. I think he came with honest, heartfelt emotion. And sometimes we have to lay that out to actually get to the heart of what is it I'm afraid of? Why am I anxious? I don't believe you, God, that you're true and faithful. I don't, I, I, I haven't trusted you. I don't trust you, but I want to. And how do I do that? So I put lament in there as a way to deal with the worry and the fear and the anxiety 
so that we can let it out. And, and then, cause I find when we do that, we just get deeper. It just digs a deeper place into the heart of God. And he comes with compassion and understanding and grace. And he listens. He, 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 can, he has very big shoulders. He can handle it, but he doesn't want us whining and staying there. He doesn't want us looking for reasons to complain. He wants us to come to him with the sorrow. And sometimes that's what we miss in our complaining, I guess. So you have yes, to I hear I, I I think I've done an okay job in 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 leading through those ideas of complaint and what the difference is. Um, well, one of the things you just commented is about um asking yourself questions. And I know that, you know, in the manuscript, you had woven in some questions <laughs> that you yes. actually ask and invite the readers to um, probe yes. or answer. Yeah. What was your hope in, in doing that? Well, I, I, again, I, I, when I, since I've gotten the book, I've sat down with it just to read it as if I was a reader. And um, I realized that it was like, I get the feeling that the author, who is me, was like, I know that sounds really odd, but it, it feels like you've invited me into your home and we're sitting on the couch just talking about whatever the chapter is raising. And the questions are really important. And I, I feel like I was there just on the couch with who's ever reading it saying, you know, have you thought about this? Like, um, there's one section where I, I say, you know, you want to find out what your heart loves, um, go look at your bank account. And then I just like simply ask, what does your bank account tell you about what you love? Like numbers, Dave always says, numbers don't lie. So if you have any, if you have any trouble being honest about your money and with God, just go watch your bank account and and look at where you're spending money. And I ask the questions because I think we we it's important for us to ask probing questions of ourselves and of ourselves, not others. Like it starts with us first, right? I have a whole chapter or about about doing life together and creating a non judgmental space because I, I I confess my own judge judging tendency to judge people, but as I look inward. I do less of that because I'm asking myself the question first. Like, okay, that's fine. Dave would always say, well, Rev, that's fine that you're asking that of the other people, but what about you? How are you handling that in your life? And you're like, ah. So I don't know. Some some readers might just want to throw the book at me off, like in the midst of, <laughs> or, um, you know, you let the Lord sit with you in it because it's a probing question for yourself, but also with the Lord's guidance, right? You right, don't do yeah, it alone. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you just mentioned there, um, you can sit with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things um, that you've done a really good job is um, inviting people into just pausing, sitting down, asking yourself those questions. And you're not scripting answers to them. You're just saying, invite the Holy Spirit into that dialogue between you and him to look into this area of your life. And um, I think that's an incredible... Um, thing. So my prayer is, um, is that people would actually take the time to do that. Mm -hmm. But what is your prayer as people read through this? What is something your prayer is for the Father as they read through it and come out the other side? What, what were you looking for to have happen? I, 
I, um, one of my coaches through the process, because I've had a couple of coaches that have asked me some questions on the journey of writing this, like, what's the purpose of this? And I think I would love people to hear the Lord calling them to his table and that they would respond and come to him and his feast table and imagine that they're coming and sitting with him and about to partake in this um, great journey of discovering God's economy and provision and care in the midst. You know, I think of, I, I didn't write about it much in the book, but Psalm 23, you know, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That, that, People will come to him, to his table, discover intimacy with him in a deeper level. But then, as we always talk about, that it will move out into the practical ways of how they deal with money. So maybe they'll become a little more generous. Maybe they'll start talking about money because I know we haven't talked about my favorite chapter, but one of them is the very last one where I talk about creating a safe space to talk about money in our churches that I don't believe exists on a wide scale today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. I shouldn't uh, make those judgments, but, um, you know, maybe it's just something practical. So you, so people will come to him in intimacy, but then we'll also do some practical things that will transform their finances and will help them get out of debt or give more or discover it's not really ours. So, yeah. Those are some wonderful um, insights and hopes and prayers. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know what, I'm, my prayer, too, would be that people would actually respond and um, create those safe spaces mm-hmm. within their own self and within their own marriage. I just know, you know, in my own journey with with Arlene, how important that is um, to actually create that safe space. And it always hasn't been safe, but no. we've worked hard to create it to be a safe space. Yeah. And, and hopefully the churches will do that as well. So one of the things you talked about is your, your coaches asked why you're writing book. As you wrote the book, were there things the Lord began to speak to even further? Oh my goodness! Um, I, I, I was because Ray had given me some of these questions beforehand, so I was reflecting on that, and I'm like, I, you know, I, I think I was living in the moment with the book. So even as I re- have reread the book. I'm going back and seeing seeing how he has woven themes in it that I didn't see he was weaving. And it's this continual call to come to him. And I can't really express it other than that. I, I think um, the other beautiful thing that came at the near the end of, of the writing of the book was I was speaking with my publisher and you know there's a, a song I sang to my kids when they were little and it's called the tree song and Evie if any of you are listening you remember Evie um, you know <laughs> I yes, saw a tree right? by the riverside one day as I walked along straight as an arrow and pointing to the sky growing tall and strong and it's this picture of a riverside tree and the tree answers I've got roots growing down to the water I've got leaves growing up to the sunshine so we were 
talking about that song and just thinking about the you know there's a tree on the front of the book you know how are we going to do that all of a sudden I said what if I get my son Zach to sketch the journey of the tree growth so there are eight sketches of a tree from seedling to full-grown tree throughout the book and what extra he spoke to me that that day I didn't realize it until I saw the sketches and then I see them now laid out there's a profound impact for me seeing the reflection of that tree song that I sang to Zach when he was a kid and then to see him sketch it out for us in the midst of a book about trust and becoming that full-grown tree that talks in Isaiah about you know you are a tree a planting of the Mm -hmm. Lord for the display of God's splendor. That's really the extra piece that came at the end of all of the writing. And I think it's just made the book that much more fun to to dig into. That's amazing. That's amazing. So how can people get a hold of this book? Well, we actually have a a website. It's called more... morethanenoughbooks.com or .ca, whichever you prefer, but morethanenoughbooks.com. And you'll get the order and you'll get it sent to you. You get if you order through that website, you get the ebook and the book, and it's twenty bucks plus shipping and tax. Um, but you can also just email us at info at more than enough.ca, and we have a bunch of books um, that will be in our office, and um, we can arrange a time uh, for you to pick those up if you want to, and that's how we do it. And I'm 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 imagining we'll have. Uh, You'll be able, if you're a notminds.ca uh, follower, we'll f- probably figure out a way how to get you those books too through them. But That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I haven't got that officially okayed yet. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> I think we are hoping to post it on our website yes, as well. That's so, right. Yes. So, so this is exciting. Yeah. yeah. This is a new chapter for you, a new season. Um, I'm excited for you and hope that um, many of the audience will reach out and read it and go on a journey that you invite them into as they begin to turn the pages of the book. So thank you. Thanks for the questions, because it's kind of humbling and overwhelming and exciting. And I I don't quite know what to do with myself. To be honest, it's a very odd space to be in. I, I, I've dreamt of writing a book, but I didn't imagine it being this beautiful or even what the experience I've walked through. So everyone asked me what's next. I, I'm, I have some ideas, but I'm not sure. I just need some time <laughs> and rest yeah, that's maybe. Right, rest. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway, up. you can go to morethanenoughbooks.com to get the book. And if you read it, please give me your feedback. I'd love to know what you think, how God spoke to you, because that's really my heart. Um to see that happen. So, um, Ray, do you want to just pray for a few minutes as we sure. end the show? And Father, we thank you for um, the gift of words that you have given Reb. Lord, the thoughts that came to mind, and as she put pen to ink uh, to paper, Lord, that um, the words began to flow. And we just say thank you uh, for the insights and the stories, for the principles in her book. We ask, Lord, that as it continues to go out and people journey into the, the the words, but the stories and the revelation of your heart, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would draw them closer and closer to yourself in a greater place of freedom in the area of their finances. And so, Lord, would you bless the fruitfulness of this book as it 
that goes out across the nation and nations. And so, Lord, just thank you for Reb. Thank you for our time together. And uh, Lord, we just bless you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. All right. I hope this interview really resonated with you. I trust that you have heard what God wanted you to hear and that you have received what he wanted you to receive. You can listen to it again on chri.ca or thrive1110.ca. That's thrive1110.ca. And while you're there, let me know you have listened. And if you are part of the first three that do so, you will get a copy of this book, Cultivating Trust, Finding Hope and Freedom, for your finances. You can also listen to Dave and Reb, so Reb, who was being interviewed on this show. You can listen to their show, Let's Talk Money, every Friday at 9 a.m. on CHRI. That's it for today, folks. I pray you have a very Merry Christmas, no matter what circumstances um, you are in right now. I pray that your eyes would be on Him and on His joy for this season rather than the joys and the standards of this world. So tune in next week at 9 a.m. on CHRI for another episode of Thrive 1110 or listen to previous episodes on thrive1110.ca. That's thrive1110.ca. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.